This is The House Call. Welcome to The House Call Podcast. We're back, we're back. It's been a crazy, crazy past few days in football. We've got people trading. We've got the 53-man rosters and teams are set. So first things first. The Bills have cut OJ Howard, and as of the recording of this video, he has had a visit with the Bengals. So we'll see what we'll see what comes of that. Next, Kenyon Drake was cut by the Raiders and had gone on to sign with the Ravens. The Colts cut Philip Lindsay. Josh Gordon was cut. Sony Michelle, Patriots favorite, was cut by the Dolphins and ended up signing with the Chargers. The Seahawks cut their recent trade acquisition, JJ Arcega Whiteside. Unfortunately, Commander's rookie Brian Robinson was shot multiple times during a robbery attempt. He sustained non-life-threatening injuries, but as of this recording, he is out of the hospital. He's actually been at the practice facility, too. Right, That's right, insane. right. Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> it's crazy to see what to see what's going on in this day and age. But on to a little bit of lighter news, and most recently, Philadelphia traded Jalen Rieger to the Vikings for a 2023 seventh round pick and a 2024 conditional pick. With their acquisitions, honestly, it looked like Rieger was the odd man out. He really didn't be become what he was expected to become. So hopefully, here's to him latching on with uh, Minnesota. One thing I do want to highlight on, which is uh, pretty cool if you ask me, lacrosse star turned wide receiver Jared Bernhardt has officially made the 53-man roster for the Falcons. So I don't know if y'all saw him in that preseason game where he caught the game-winning TD, but I'm happy for the guy. Chris Hogan 2.0, hopefully he shows out. But let's keep it going, you guys. So Marlon Mack, Recently signed with the Texans in April was cut, which makes uh, Pierce the number one running back for the Texans. It seems like Mac hasn't been as great as he was in recent years. <laughs> so let me ask y'all: Is there a team where you could see, a situation where you could see Marlon Mack helping a team? Like Rob, you go first. Where do you think would be Marlon Mack's best destination? Uh, Jesus, uh, put me on the spot. Uh, <laughs> he'd have to be under a good old line. Why not go back to Indi Indianapolis where it all started? Uh, I don't, I don't out behind Jonathan Taylor. Taylor won't have too much expectation on him and he can produce. Jonathan Taylor is going to run the ball down your throat, hit you and then he'll be a secondary option. Uh, I know they got a lot of good guys, a lot of depth there, but like Marlon Max a monster. Uh, but what do you think, Elliot? Packers, maybe. Okay, okay. But they got Aaron Jordan, and they got uh, was it the other kid that uh, Aaron hey, Jordan hey, and I think Aaron Jones. That's what I meant to say. Aaron Jones, yeah, my bad. Just making people. I don't know. I mean, they got the good old line though. I don't know. It's tough. There's, it's pretty specific, um, like conditions to have this. So. Right, Jill. What are your thoughts? Uh, me personally, Marlon Mack screwed me over in fantasy a couple of years ago, so nowhere. Um, but no, uh, in all seriousness, I very much agree with what Rob said. I think going back to Indianapolis could be a big play for him because uh, exactly what he was saying, in the last few years, he hasn't been producing that much. Um, he was at one point a high-performing player, and it's kind of gone downhill. So going to a team where he can be a good secondary to a star 
would be huge. And I, I really would like to see him back in the Colts. Right, right. Most and you of- look at their and you look at their depth. You got Jonathan Taylor's obviously the number one. Then you got mm-hmm. Naheem Hines, who is what? He's come, he's up and coming, Deion Jackson. So there is not a ton of depth there. And him just being a part of that, that I guess would be a two-headed, three-headed monster with Naheem Hines would be special. I think it would be very special. It's kind of the thing that might put them over the hump. Just because Jonathan Taylor's starting to put a little bit of wear and tear on the, those tires. And like we've seen mm-hmm. with Derrick Henry, only so long you're gonna hold up, you're gonna be able to hold yourself up. Right, right. So that Rob, I think your uh, idea for him really makes the most sense in my mind, and I think it's something I could definitely see happening. You know, if all the cards play out. But something I do want to highlight on is one of the another big trade, another surprising move. So the Saints traded their uh, defensive back Chauncey Gardner uh, Gardner Johnson to the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia sent New Orleans a 2023 fifth round pick, a 2024 sixth round pick in exchange for Gardner Johnson and a 25 25 seventh round choice. With that being said, who would y'all deem the winners of this trade? Would you say the Saints won it or Philly won it? Jill, I'll let you go ahead and start if that's okay. That's an interesting question. I. I'm going to go with the Saints out of the pure fact that losing the head coach and losing Drew Brees, there's very much a rebuild aspect going on with the Saints. So picking up more draft picks in the coming years, I think is going to be a huge thing for the Saints on that end. The Eagles are already decently stacked, uh, in my opinion. And let's be real, they're in a relatively easy division. So it's not like they need to be super stacked to be able to ensure that they're making it to the playoffs. Do I think the Eagles win a Super Bowl? Not right now, but I could see them making it to the playoffs. I don't know. I think it'll be tough for them to beat the Cowboys. I don't know that I'd pick the Eagles over the Cowboys right now. I was thinking that. However, it's also the Cowboys. Right. Like... (laughs) I I, I don't know. Maybe I'm on the opposite spectrum. Did you guys just say that the Cowboy, like with all the losses that they had, they had Amari, Amari Cooper, Cedric Wilson, and what else? There's just numbers and numbers and numbers of players that. that have just been, yeah. And I, I look, I don't think, the, I think that the Eagles are going to run away with the division. And it, what, who the hell is their, their uh, GM again? I forget his name. Howie Roseman. He, he went from being the laughing stock to like now it seems like he's making moves this offseason kind of redeemed his his reputation. I I love what they're doing, whether it be yeah. Jordan Davis, Nicobe Dean, all these moves that he's making is transitioning into them to an era where they're, they're going to be a lot better. And I, I'm excited for them as much as that pains me to, to, to say to Eagles fans. I, I like Hurts. I like what they're doing, and I think what shined to me is how we how well he did against the Bucks. I get uh, we talked about this a couple episodes, probably like 10, 15 episodes with Elliot was kind of bagging on him, but he kind of caught fire a little spurts during that game, and it was just maybe it was just finding himself. Um, and I just with all these pieces with Chauncey Gardner going to year number four now, I think the sky's the limit for this team. They're going to be their own uh, adversary. If they could just play to what they are trying to uh, accomplish, they'll be fine. Okay. So who would you take right now? Dak and CeeDee Lamb or Hurts and Devonta Smith? 
Yeah, but that's that's that? all you have. You have Dak and CD Lamb, and then what else? You got you lost Amari Cooper, you lost Cedric Wilson, AJ Brown. Lamb. There's a whole lineup on that Eagles roster. I take yeah. the Eagles all day. Same. I take the Eagles all day just because of depth. I, look, Ezekiel Elliott is not – he had no. one year that he was good. Tony Pollard, you can make a legitimate case that he's running back number one. Uh, and I'm not saying he's a bad running back, but Ezekiel Elliott was touted as the next coming uh, running back coming out of Ohio State. I just think that when you look at their roster, there are too many holes. And when you have Mike McCarthy as your head coach, that in itself is like a bleh. <laughs> That's fair enough. I mean I- – Look at, his making. Look at his decision-making going into, like, first of all, it's also Dak's decision-making, too, running that 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 run and then costing his team the game in the playoffs. Of course. Was it the playoffs again? I, I, yeah. I can't remember. It was the division. Okay, run. yeah, well, that, that play that play costs them the game. He doesn't run that play and just passes it or, or just throws it out of bounds. They have another chance to win that game. Well, I, I take that Cowboys performance over the Eagles getting blown up by the Bucks any day. It's also the Bucks, though. Yeah, like we're right. That's yeah, like, that's a that's an know. apples to oranges comparison. Right. I mean, honestly, I think it's all safe to say that we can agree Philadelphia is gonna take some serious strides this season, mm-hmm. regardless of how it plays out, you know. But let's keep it going here. So as of yesterday, Raiders twenty twenty one first round pick offensive lineman Alex Weatherwood Leatherwood has been officially waived. He was uh, selected by the Mayock Gruden regime after starting all 18 say, games. Say that five times fast. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> after <laughs> all, as soon After starting all 18 games last year, he played 257 snaps, came out with an offensive grade of the 30s in his first four games. He's been claimed by the Bears, but out of all the other teams out there, do y'all feel there's anybody where Leatherwood would be best suited, like would really be able to get him back on track? Because this guy was terrible with the Raiders. Rob, where would you want to see Leatherwood go out, outside of uh, the Raiders? It would have been I hate to hate to be a I hate to be a homer, but it would have been New England. You got what uh, Isaiah Wynn, Trent Brown is good, but I think that if he would have came to New England. He's not a slouch. I think that just that system and that scheme just doesn't fit him. I feel he can't. He comes here, and I feel like maybe even we could just be could have been a one for one trade win away. They take on that cap. They they need some some depth at uh on their offensive line, and then they would have gotten an Isaiah Win. Isaiah Win doesn't thrive as a starting uh, right tackle. He start he's I think he's better as a backup a rotation a rotationary player. And I just think that if we would have brought in Leatherwood. While also doing a salary cap dump a little bit, I think it would have been a, a one for one, even okay. if it would have been just us giving up a little bit more to get, or maybe just them giving up a little bit more. I just think that he's he was not in a good situation, and now he's going to even worse situation. Chicago is not the way to go. They have too many holes, holes at wide receiver with Darnold Darnold Mooney being really the only viable option, and then you got what the offensive line. Justin Fields might have done good in the preseason. He's going to be sacked a ton. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. I I don't think he lasts in Chicago, honestly. But uh, Elliot, go ahead, please, with your opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of like places where he will be properly utilized, I think the Bears make sense. Um, but like Rob said, I don't think he's going to be, be be able to showcase his talent there because there's going to be a lot of offensive line issues. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I just I can't think of anywhere 
I mean, he just he did, really didn't do that well on the Raiders. Like, I, Chicago really seems like one of the only teams where they would take him. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Jill? I see where I disagree on the point is I love watching players thrive from other teams. So when they go to a new team, a new system, and they fit in and they become part of that team and actually perform well. Um, and I think a team that could very well use O-line as well as a team that I think his personality could really mesh well with is actually the Ravens. I would love to see him on the Ravens. Okay, okay. I like it, I like it. That's something we can definitely uh, work with here. But let me ask y'all, just for the sake of debate here, he came in at a rough time. You know, it seems like he had that one year where things were just crazy and then regime change. If y'all were the Raiders, would y'all have given him another year, say maybe get more time, get acquitted to the system, see how it works out? Or would y'all have dumped him, you know, knowing he's so early in his career and having to go through such a tumultuous time with the franchise? No, because Josh McDaniels wants to win today. He's trying to win a Super Bowl this year. That's his goal. Probably not going to happen, but he's, he, that's his, he's going in with like a division champs, Super Bowl champs mindset this year. Um, I mean, that's why they're bringing guys like Devonta Adams. They're not—they're not trying to play the long game and say, "Well, we're going to have a good team in five years." They want a good team today. Okay. Yeah, I think that McDaniel's also is facing. You have to look at in even just the last year alone, what the Raiders went through, and I—you can look at that on all sides of everything. Um, so I think McDaniel's was mostly trying to just do a clean sweep and get rid of Carr because he is your QB and he knows that system and is an easy base to begin building around. So I think that it's it, it more or less is just getting a clean slate out there and revamping what people think of the Raiders. Right, right. Rob? I think I think it was way too early, if I'm going to be completely honest with you. He, he was drafted, what, last year? So mm-hmm. you, you don't you don't just give him up, even if you're just making him a rotationary, because like he was they saw something in him. I get it's a new regime, but... I mean, someone took him on. At, le- at least they're gonna have to deal with it. But God forbid that didn't happen. Then, it, then you do damage his confidence at that point. Uh, look, I'm happy he gets a new new shot. Unfortunately, it's gonna be with the Chicago Bears. I will say this. You, I mean, you know it as well as everybody on this panel. Bill Belichick is a cutthroat kind of guy who Josh McDaniels have has worked under for many years. So if Josh McDaniels comes in after one or two plays, realizes that he's not the guy he can mold a team with. He's going to want to let him go to go be successful elsewhere and not try to mold him to a team. So there is that. Perfect, perfect, perfect. All right. So let's talk about Elliot, your boy, Jimmy G. He's back in the news. (laughs) So after this crazy, crazy offseason where it seemed like Jimmy was all but gone, he's staying a 49er. Monday, he agreed to a restructured one-year contract that's worth $6.5 million in fully guaranteed base salary. The new deal contains another five hundred dollars in roster bonuses and playtime bonuses that could boost to another $9 mil for a total of $16 mil if all the bonuses are reached. So with that being said, also there's a no-trade clause, no-tag clause in the deal as well. So with that being said, there's a couple questions I have for y'all. First things first. After this season, is Jimmy as good as gone? Is there any chance Jimmy stays with the Niners after this season? No. That's what happens. I mean, if he no, doesn't play it no, all this season, no he's gone. No fucking chance. No. If I'm Jimmy no G, chance. I'm gone. Collect my money. I'm out of there. 
Look, it, the only way I can see it is if they they admit their wrongs, which they're not gonna do. They're they're not gonna say that they fucked up on Trey Lance, which by the way he hasn't been looked. He looks great in training camp, but he looks suspect throughout games. Uh, look, they're not gonna do that. They're gonna have to cut their losses at some point, and it's I. If I'm him, I'm insulted at this point. And at this point, uh, you, if you look back, the Patriots won that trade when they got a second round draft pick for him. I know at the time they're like, oh yeah. crap, you traded him for a second round pick. But now it looks like the Patriots won the end of that trip. That uh, that trade. Uh, yeah. Look, Jimmy's gone. I think he's at this point. You're playing mind games. You're playing with his heart. He wanted to be a 49er. What you do to him? Uh, I don't think he's any any world beater. But I also don't think that what you did he was winning games regardless of how good of his stats were he put you in a situation to win a super bowl put you in a situation beat aaron Rodgers. i get it was only 13 10 still won a w is a w okay. you know, i mean listen i'm gonna say this a divorce is imminent and again like i said jimmy d jimmy g he should take his money and leave he needs to show up to all of the games because i feel like it's 100% going to happen is that at some point he's going to be called up because Trey Lance is not performing. He needs to show up, he needs to kick butt, he needs to perform. And then from there, at the end of the season, kind of just give them a middle finger and go somewhere else. I honestly would have loved to have seen the Browns pick him up, uh, but the Browns are going to keep Browning with keeping Deshaun. Um, but I think that he could have done well in that system as well. Okay. No, I think it was a good move by the Browns to not pick him up. Um, I think realistically, if the Browns can go six and five before Deshaun gets there, they have a decent shot to make the playoffs. So I, I don't think it's worth the the money to get Jimmy G over there because Jacoby Brissett isn't like terrible at quarterback. No. Okay, so we played together the though no before. Sh- the Browns have <laughs> the Browns have no shot, no shot yeah. at making the playoffs this year. No, even if they go six I'm and five. Uh, look, come on, man. You, you gotta take a look at the scenery. You got the Bills. You got the Ray, you got the Bengals, you got the Chiefs, Chargers. you got the, the the Chargers, you got the Titans. There's no shot, no shot. I will put my life savings on the Browns miss the playoffs this year. That doesn't mean they're not going to be good okay. next year, but clip they're that. definitely not. Okay. You could clip that. You could put whatever you want to put it. Put a nail in the bubble. Whatever. It, there is no shot. I will bet. I will. <laughs> I will come on a podcast episode with lipstick on if they make the playoffs. Okay. Let me ask y'all this question. With what we've established here, that it's better for Jimmy G to leave, is the market in 23, what it's predicted to look like for a quarterback, going to be better for him than it was this past offseason? No. Okay. You got Bryce Why? Young coming out of you got Bryce Young coming out of college. You got CJ Stroud coming out of college. You have all, all right. these guys. There's the the. The openings to get on being a starting quarterback, his best case is just to be a backup right now and wait for somebody significant to get injured. That is the only shot hit. And just because he he's a winner, he hasn't shown any eye gaudy stats to really be like, okay, when it comes time to rely on somebody, like look at the Super Bowl throw that he if he hits uh, he hits Emmanuel Sanders on that throw, they win that Super Bowl. It, it's just there's too many moments where he gets you to where you need to go and then folds. And now let's take a quick minute to acknowledge our sponsors, Liquid IV. Jill, tell the folks about Liquid IV, please. Well, as many as 75% of Americans report feeling dehydrated. That means you might be dehydrated right now. But don't worry, Liquid IV has you covered. It hydrates faster than water alone. It has small, convenient, single-serving packs, and there's a variety of different and delicious flavors. Excellent. I'm actually drinking pineapple and, and it's not it's not something that's gonna make you crash. I've noticed once I've been drinking this, 
it is stronger than coffee. Mm-hmm. But it's getting me going. It's letting me. I am able to be alert and get through the day. Uh, for the alert for this podcast, be ready and be motivated to get everything going. I'm not an athlete in no way, shape, or form, but I like to use my athletic prowess to get this podcast going. Yes, most definitely. With that Fair being, enough. with that being said, I also wanted to take a moment and acknowledge that. We've released the store through Society6. We've got hoodies, we've got water bottles, we've got uh, phone cases, stickers, you name it. We'll put the link in the description. We've got a new store, all new ideas. We just wanted to put that out there. But let's get back to it. Yes. So the Colts and the Browns are on the active winless streak of uh, not winning their week one games. Who's more likely to break it? Who do y'all have? Colts. I'd say Colts. So you have the Cleveland, you have the Cleveland Browns versus the Panthers, and you have the Colts versus the Texans. Uh, look, the the Cleveland Browns, they're running into a, a someone that's really pissed off in Baker Mayfield, who's out to. If you, what do you say? He said he's gonna fuck them up. If I'm not mistaken, excuse my language. Not sorry, sorry, not sorry. Uh, then you got the Colts versus the Texans. That's a difficult game, but Davis Mills doesn't have the arsenal yet, quite yet, to combat the Indianapolis Colts with. Matt Ryan leaning the helm and Jonathan Taylor. So, yeah, I would have to give it to the Colts as well. Uh, I think it's more likely for that to happen than, I mean, the Browns really are an uphill battle with Deshaun Watson being uh, suspended. I, we're all in consensus. On, we're all in consensus on that one. Now, let's move on to a bit of unfortunate news. So, former Bills punter, who Matt Azaria, was named as a defendant in a civil case. Areza. With, ooh, accent. Former Bills punter Matt Areza was named as a defendant in a civil case which he and two uh, San Diego State teammates were accused of uh, gang raping a then 17-year-old minor at an off-campus party. He's uh, denied the allegations via his agent. He stated that he feels like it's a cash grab. So with all the information that's come out, my first things first, Jill, as a woman, I want to get your reactions to what's happened. Like, with everything that's come out, what are your thoughts? So, the short end answer is I don't want to give too much breath to the situation because especially with what's going on with Deshaun Watson and now this, this should not be happening in 2022. The NFL does at some point need to have a little bit more of a responsibility in how they choose things. The reason I feel this, especially with uh, the current Bill situation, Bills did do the right thing because they were not notified of this situation. However, going into the draft, there were multiple teams that were actually notified of this lawsuit and this pending investigation uh, into him, hence why he was not picked up by other teams. So I think that it should become an actual thing with the NFL putting across to all 32 teams, any kind of whether it is criminal, civil, any kind of lawsuit or pending investigation that is going on for each player and each player considered in an upcoming draft should be announced and put across to all 32 teams for them to make their moral decision on whether or not they draft the player or pick up that said player. Um, but there is a lot that's come out about this civil suit. And I get that there's people out there that say it's innocent until proven guilty. And that is a very factual statement. However, there have been some very powerful things that have come out regarding this situation that is just heinous and disgusting. So we sh- we will see on the uh, judgment side of things. Yeah, I mean, the problem with that is I, I, I agree with Anderson until proven guilty, but he's already on the record admitting the statutory rape, so that not really innocent. 
Right, most definitely. Yeah, and there's the people out there making those comments. So I just gotta say it is true, but also. I think there are cases where it makes sense to approach it like that, but this isn't one of them. No. I, I, th I think she's just trying to play both sides and try to like, not trying to sound like she's just saying, no, oh, he's a guy, no, let I'm me go sure. at his throat. But it, it, like, it's disgusting. And yeah. there had, there had it's, it just makes so much sense why the Bills had to have known something about this because it's just no no coincidence that he was the third punter drafted given the name Punt God, right? He was supposed to be the best punter in the draft drafted, first pick in the sixth round, and two other guys were drafted before him. I mean, it's just, they were probably playing with fire and they're like, uh, what, what's the worst that could happen? Let's draft him. And and now I'm more power to them. The fact that they caught him, I I'm happy about it. Like that's what should have happened. But it's just that like weren't they informed? I think a, a couple weeks ago that this was ensuing. And now once it became something that was in the media and it was being like I, it was exploding. Now all of a sudden they want to drop him from the team. I think I that when you find out, I think that when you find out that there was something like that ensuing, I feel like they should have dropped them then. It, it yeah. they waited they wanted to win games until it was something that was made them look silly in the in the eyes of the media but now now they did they did the right thing by cutting them i just think it was a little too late let if i'm ask, being completely honest that's reality of business unfortunately let me ask y'all a question with that being said so a little tidbit here the san diego state athletic director was asked you know his thoughts about the situation to make a long story short he said they didn't ignore the situation, but obviously nothing was done at the time. So what kind of like what kind of stain is put on San Diego State? And do you feel there should be some kind of punishment that was in suit, you know, given out to them? If anything? I think that this is a situation, not specifically this situation mm -hmm. uh, it is awful, but I'm sure it does happen. Um, I think that this type of situation in an aspect of sexual assault happens a lot more than any college themselves would ever like to admit and i don't think san diego state is the only college that is turning a blind eye i would not be surprised if it is almost every college that turns a blind eye to a lot of stuff like this i mean most definitely because you could possibly see you all could think about it the star player screws up and it's swept under the rug and they look what they at the end of the day it's whatever the college can make money off of he was deemed punt god hey, look it's the same thing with the, the 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 bills they only found out a month ago in july that this was happening and they could have there's actions that could be taken but as long as their dollar bill is the dollar bill they will do anything possible to stretch out as possible as as thin as they can to where they can drain as much money out of it until it becomes a black eye on the on on the organization, whether it be San Diego with San Diego State or the Buffalo Bills. I just see it out like look at Deshaun Watson and the twenty four cases pen, that were against him, and yet now he's going to be playing. Pending. Like it, one is active. That's what's crazy to me is that one is still active, and the NFL is allowing after his suspension to come back. If that case is still active, he should not be allowed to come back. But and and what's even worse, Jill, is the fact that it's. There's never been an, a uh, a suspension of an odd number, and going off the odd number, what makes it even more just alarming is they're definitely trying to capitalize off this for money. Because how in the hell? And I'm sorry, I'm getting angry because I have four little sisters. This is fucking irritating. How do you make him come back against the Texans? There, that is definitely you're like yeah, Joe's. 
She's nailing it. I think that this is disgusting. How how do you have him come back? Week 11. Why, oh, just because he's going to go versus the Texans? No, that, that's disgusting. And both of them should be put in jail. Uh, both. <laughs> right away. Disgusting I definitely, people. I definitely agree. And it's all in all, it's sad that this is as frequent as it is in prof- in uh, the NFL, let alone professional sports. But There needs to be a precedent. If you do something like this, you need to be in- banned. Look, if Josh you are Gordon, not a star football player, go you would be arrested and criminally charged a lot sooner than I I just think it's 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 con, it's really conflicting because like you got Josh Gordon who smoked pot, you have Tom Brady who did uh so and so deflated footballs and just the the suspensions there's no precedent. They're, they're just like, okay, I'm going to base it off how how the social media and how everybody... Picked a exactly. girl in the face like a soccer ball and only got six weeks. I, didn't Ray Rice get initially two games? Two yeah. games, like, and then the Ravens yeah, so like, dropped them. This is, but then you also look, have, you can look at uh, Adrian Peterson. That's child abuse. Right. I mean, look so at Roger right. Goodell. There's, no, there's no actual precedent or anything put in place for any of these occurrences. And I feel like the NFL wants to swipe them under the rug and just kind of be like, oh, it doesn't happen. But unfortunately, these are things that truly do happen. And it's something that they need to begin being progressive with taking action on. That's that's plain. Until it until it affects a bottom dollar, nothing will be done. That's I think that, that, that get they brought a third party in, but I felt like the third party was just like, I, I don't know how she saw six games, and especially when the 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 evidence against the Sean Watson was like, oh, uh, it's like I forget what the word, the terminology that she used. It was like disgusting and just very But you get gave him six games though. Okay, whatever. I'm starting to boil. Let's let's move forward here before uh, Rob blows a blood vessel here. So Tyree Kill put out a statement recently about the Chiefs trading him to the Dolphins. What really motivates me is I feel like they basically just threw me to the side like I was trash or something. So with that being said, my question to y'all is, with Tyreek now being in Miami, obviously it's going to affect Mahomes. Do you guys foresee Mahomes being able to make do without Tyreek? That's my first question, Rob. Not to the oh, sir. Go ahead. No, no I- go ahead. Go ahead, Elliot. Go ahead. I don't think to the same degree he's been able to in the past. Um, I mean, two years ago, definitely the Chiefs were dominant. Last year, not so much, but still like a top team in the NFL. I don't think he's going to be at that level. He's going to have to work a lot harder to get to that high playoff uh, ending, like AFC championship game. He's going to have to work a lot harder to get there than he has in years past. Um, Just because Tyreek is a guy that fits Patrick Mahomes so well. I mean, Mm -hmm. I, I think he can be successful with a lot of different receivers, but just the style of play that Patrick Mahomes likes, we're just gunning it down the field. The tire kill just, they mesh really well. He's on that. there. And that'll be difficult to replace. Um, so, yeah, I, honestly, I it, like uh, Tua gaining Tyreek is going to be, yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's, I, it's probably going to be better than whoever Mahomes is throwing to. I mean, I just, I don't see a connection there that's going to be anything special. Okay. Jill, your thoughts? As I completely agree. I especially, I am confused why the Chiefs gave Tyreek away. 
because you look at that AFC West division and just how brutal those other teams have become, uh, it really does make a question for the Chiefs if they are going to be number one and be very successful in that division. I personally do not think. But exactly what Elliot was saying, Patrick let that ball go and Tyreek was always just right there to perfectly catch the ball. He is the cheetah. He is fast. He was the perfect wide receiver for him for a reason. And I think it's going to be difficult for Mahomes to replace. He's going to be able to play with anyone, but that's a connection that's going to be difficult to replace. If okay. I'm being honest, though, I back the Chiefs on letting him go because Tyreek Hill is going in. He wanted to be the highest paid wide receiver. And I, I just I hate that attitude out of players like you're winning. Why don't you want to keep winning? Why not like stay where you're at or even take less and really see no change your quality of life and win more games? I mean, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. That's just an ego thing. But yeah. Elliot, honestly, that's kind of the Tom Brady mentality he had for a while. Why he I, left New England. Exactly. I mean, unfortunately, not every, you know, when you start getting good, people want more money. You know, it's a sad fact of the NFL. I, I understand that. I just say, I don't, I don't like that at all. That seems I mean, just selfish to me. I get you, Rob. In terms of like how the production is going to affect, I feel like it's, it's not going to affect it's definitely going to affect Patrick Mahomes. I think he's Juju Smith-Schuster. Sky Moore's coming to his own, but he is not Tyree Kill. I think they're going to be fine. I think that just the guy that can be that safety blanket that he's always been, the guy that can take a play that while Patrick Mahomes is like running backyard plays and just throw it to that guy. There was never really a route that Tyree Hill ran. It was just more like, okay, I'm going to run this, and if it kind of collapses, I'm going to come back to you. He doesn't have a guy that on that roster currently that can do that. But in terms of, like, uh, Tyreek Hill, I believe he was offered, like, $25 million by the Chiefs. So if he's saying, boo-hoo, I, I, they didn't want me. No, they wanted you. You just wanted to be paid the highest-paid receiver. That's just how it, how it is. Well, we also he, weren't in the room. There is the very true fact none of us were in the room. We don't know what words were diced. So that that could be something was said where he got that opinion from. And I can't imagine, though, that they walked in and they were like, we don't really want you, Tyree Kill. Here's 25 yeah, I million. Don't think oh, so. you want to leave? Okay. like that. I don't see that conversation happening. They want to. Yeah. They just I didn't mean, want to pay a million dollars or I get what Jill is saying. You know, something could have been said. They could have meant one thing. He could have taken it a completely different way. My question to y'all, and I'm going to tweak this when I get to Jill. Um, Rob, what do you expect from Mahomes now that Tyreek Hill's gone, like numbers-wise? Like, not, you don't have I mean, to be exact. Like, rough I mean, I, if I'm going to be completely honest with you, he's still going to have eye-gaudy numbers just because he's Patrick Mahomes. But this is his real true test this year. I don't think he's going to be Mahomes that everybody loves and and beholds. I don't think he's going to be a top five quarterback. That is a very bold take. And the only reason I say that is because how did he start last year? He was one of the highest led interceptions in, in all the league with, like, what is it, Trevor Lawrence? I think that he's going to take a step back. That whole roster is – and you're in a division now where it's a buzzsaw. you got Justin Herbert and all those guys, J.C. Jackson. I get he's going to come off entry, Khalil Mack. It, it just weapon after weapon after weapon. And then you got Raiders and Devontae Adams. It's just, it's not an easy division to be in anymore. And Patrick Mahomes is going to have the otherworldly to win that division now. It's not something that's going to be a cakewalk. It's, it's going to be, you have realistically four teams that could possibly make the playoffs in that. And I've it's been a while since we've seen something like that, since maybe the Russell Wilson days with like 
I guess the other teams that were in that division. I think it, it's gonna it's just gonna be very interesting. That's all I have to say. Okay. Who's your top five quarterbacks right now then? Or like, who, what's your prediction? Uh, I'll come back to me on that. Uh, like Brady, Rogers, Allen. I don't know. I'm sorry. Brady, Rogers, uh, Allen. I would go. I would honestly pick Joe Burrow. It, it might okay. be that might be a long shot, and then. Derek Derek Carr might make an elite. Stafford, I don't know, that's, yeah. No, that Stafford. You definitely Stafford then. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I can see that. I, I personally, I still think that Mahomes is going to edge out Burrow. Um, probably even Stafford, but uh, I don't know. I liked what you said that he's still going to put up insane numbers because he is Patrick Mahomes. Like an off season for him might be forty touchdowns, forty five hundred yards. You know, like that. It's still a great season. They'll still do well. They'll still go far in the playoffs. Just, it's not going to be the same. Um. I do think that uh, I think either Patrick Mahomes is going to throw more interceptions or he's going to stop making backyard plays and stop scrambling around because I think he just learned that at the beginning of the season where he was, he was just doing that too much, right? I remember specifically against the Ravens where it was like, I think they lost by one point off the running back fumble, but there was one where he was just throwing around and he just like tossed it up and it was like intercepted. It was like, if anyone else did that, it would be like, why is this guy still on our team? But because it was Patrick Holmes, he's just he's trying to fit the image of like I can make any throw from anywhere. He feels like he has to. I think me, he's got to cut down on that. It makes me wonder because what you just said. I actually remember watching that game where Patrick was scrambling a lot, and he, towards the end of the season last year, he seemed to be scrambling a lot. It makes me wonder if he was also trying to go for like being a Lamar Jackson record too. He's doing way too much. But and I'll give you my five. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and not no particular order, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, and Justin Herbert. That's oh. my five. I don't know why I said Derek Carr. I take that back. I, I, I think Derek Carr is a serviceable quarterback. He's not Patrick Mahomes. I take that back. But those five. Cool. That's there's your five. I think Patrick Mahomes was bailed out entirely too much by Tyreek Hill, and I think that t- this year will show it. Okay, I could see that. Jill, I want to ask you this question. So All to right. preface this, Jill, you so, you showed a lot of faith in Tua. You know, in a, a off I gotta cam- hear this off-camera conversation. So, with your thoughts on Mahomes, tell me what do you expect from Tua this season? Since you have a lot of faith in him, it's not that I have a lot of faith in Tua, because I I think Tua by himself is really he's not a good quarterback. I think that the Dolphins are a team in this offseason that have put a lot of work into trying to build up that offensive line and give weapons to their quarterback, which is Tua. Um, They have not been doing that a lot in the past years. So I think that this is just a new defining year for the Dolphins as a whole, not necessarily Tua. I think that with the additions, we are going to see a much more competitive Dolphins team. And I honestly, I could see them doing very well. I think they are going to be surprising. I'm not concerned about their defense because their defense has been pretty okay in the last few years. Uh, last season especially, I was I was actually very shocked by their defense, um, considering that they are the Dolphins. But I, I truly think that there is a weapon line now built around Tua that is going to make him look good. I don't think Tua is the determining factor for the Dolphins. Okay, okay, very well put. Rob, you have a response, Bruin, I can see it. I, I think you put anybody as a quarterback in that ski, in that that team, they're going to be successful. You got Jalen Waddle, who broke the wide receiver rookie record for receptions. You've got Tyreek Hill. Both those guys run like 23 miles an hour. It's really hard to stop. And I 
I don't know how you're going to stop it. Uh, we, as Patriots fans, really have Jonathan Jones who can kind of limit Tyreek Hill. Outside of that, it's going to be pretty pretty hard to limit them. But here's my here's my rebuttal, though. I think Tua, not that I think he's never played a full season. Until he proves me to me otherwise that he can stay healthy, I who do you got, Teddy Bridgewater? You really think Teddy Bridgewater is going to step in? And I think... I'll make my bold take right now. They won't win more than eight games. And I think just because there's what? an underlying factor, they are not going that to win more than That is a bold take. No, it's wow. not bold. You have Mike Daniels, Mike McDaniel, who is a brand-new head coach. Tyreek Hill is going to want wow. the ball. Tyreek Hill is going to want his touches. He's, he's already causing a shitstorm throughout the NFL in this offseason, saying all these things. You don't think there's teams that are seeing some of the things he's saying? Uh, about how he thinks two is so great, and I like that how cocky this team is. So when they get punched in the face, let's see how they respond to a uh, little. Uh, you have to applaud him though for making his comments because so this was actually a topic of discussion. Uh, I saw a show do on being loud and how effective it is as a player because there the person in question they were talking about was actually Lamar. Should Lamar be louder or should he stay as he has been? Uh, but. I look at Tyreek being loud. Look at uh, Odell. As much as it annoys me to see him go on, he did make himself to a Super Bowl team, make himself to a Super Bowl, and became a Super Bowl champion. And that was from what? Him being loud and noisy and saying all this stuff. So in essence, I think Tyreek has taken that same path. And I think it there's a part of it that will work because he's building confidence into a very young team and trying to develop them into being aggressive players. And that's that's what I think he's doing more than anything. I agree with I, that. I, I can mean, see where she's coming from. I just think that, like, you look at the roster. Until Tua can prove to me he can stay healthy. I agree. Look, I, you could even look at – I get that they, they beat up on the Eagles in the last preseason game, but even that throw he made to Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill still had to come back to get that. You have a starting yeah. defense play against them. That's an interception nine out of ten times. Until he, until he could show to me that he, I get it. You'll have these these throws here and there. We'll throw fifty yards, but it's not consistent enough to where he can uncork it and be reliable. I think, and it's not just Tyreek Hill that's being very vocal. It's also Tua. It's like Tua. What what have you done to prove this? This is his proof of year. He doesn't do good this year. He's obviously out of a job. He's okay. out of a job. All right, Especially Rob. with this roster. Yeah. Go ahead. You Go believe ahead. in this eight game thing, don't you? I do. I, okay. I look, I'll stand the day, on it. Hey, the episode after the Dolphins win their ninth game, you should wear lipstick. Ooh. If you really How many episodes it. am I gonna wear lipstick? <laughs> A lot. I think he's making calls like that. The Brown the Browns one I don't even care about. The yeah, that nine game one. Miami, that's a good this one. This one. We <laughs> okay. I'm gonna make a note of that. I'm gonna make it we're gonna hold you to that. You Jesus know. Christ. And I Eight want it like games. bright purple. Oh my gosh. Like, if we're gonna oh, pick purple. Colors, like bright okay. purple. Maybe some eyeshadow. Okay, no, you no, tell no. me we'll you tell me this. Good. Okay. They got the Patriots week one. Okay, you could say maybe that's the win. They got the they got the Ravens, the Bills, the Bengals, the Jets, yeah, okay, okay. The Vikings, the Steelers, the Lions, Vikings, the Bears. I see. Steelers I could see. The Bears. Okay, they and got the a couple they got a they got a couple good give me's, but then you got the 49ers, Chargers. I could Bills, see them the Packers, Packers, Patriots. Okay, so one, two, three, four, five, six. 
They have like eight games, exactly eight games you can look at. <laughs> that is some thin <laughs> margins right there, my friend. Oh boy! I know. I'm playing, I, I, they have to squeak out one, but you know what? Like, it's any given Sunday. You, you That's could, what I'm could look at this. You're assuming a better team I, wins every time. I mean. <sighs> Anyways, well, moving on. <laughs> you're going to be wearing some makeup. But I don't see how it's outlandish that they win only eight games. I mean, I... They have... Look, look at their schedule. They have the Ravens. They have the Bills. Who says they win week one against us? You could make the same case last season, but look what happened. Yeah, we lost on a fumble. Two fumbles still, in a row, by the way. Still lost. I, uh, a loss is a loss, unfortunately. I get that, but their schedule is not easy either. I don't know, man, but... What is the game? You got the Bears, you got the Lions. And not even the Lions, they're not even that they're not that bad of a team. The only thing that they have problems with is their defense. Give me. The Browns, the Texans, maybe. Go. Like I'm 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 being serious. The Jets? Okay, that's that's six. They see the Jets twice. Yeah. That, that's why I added the other two. Okay, let's go. Ready? You have us week one if you're gonna are you gonna get them maybe a possible loss no i yes. would give them i would give the dolphins week one and then it, i think it's week 13 that they meet again i would give the patriots week 13. okay so that's one they're gonna beat the ravens no no they're gonna beat the bills no no they haven't beat the bills in a long time they're gonna beat the Bengals. no no one in four. the jets the jets are you giving yes. both yes okay that's two okay give them two vikings they're on the rise you, I could, gotta, I could see it though. I, I really could never know, man. Kirk Cousins, you never know what you're gonna get. I could see it. The Lions. Uh -oh. I said the Lions. Uh, the Bears. The yeah. wait, the Steelers. So I, as the Vikings, I could see the Steelers. Yeah. Browns. Yes. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna regret this. <laughs> Packers. They're not being the Packers. No, nice. but you know who they could be is the 49ers. Yep. So they have to win the 49ers or the 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 Texans game, okay? And then they have to beat the 49ers. That's how. That's where my makeup or, or any not other team. Shut any up. Other team. I get that, but I'm just calling what would be a definite loss. You're gonna play off hypotheticals. I'm adding this shit, by the way. You're playing You're off talking hypotheticals. yourself off a cliff right now. Oh God! I'm gonna look like Dennis Rodman. I'm gonna look like Dennis Rodman. Ooh, we can put a piercing. Yes. Yo, stop! This is not the. This is not a. By the way, I actually met Dennis Rodman. He is an interesting individual in person. Oh yes! Oh yes! I cannot wait. Yeah. Every game over eight, they win. Extra piece of makeup you gotta put on. Shut up! Shut up! Until you're a clown face. So, with that being said, guys, you see that we're talking about punishments. I'm actually going to tell you guys what's going to happen throughout the season. We got a fantasy league going on, and whoever's last last place I, during that first particular week gets a fantasy punishment. That's going to be coming up very soon uh, come week one. So you in the comments will be able to comment what the punishment is. I know, it's crazy. I will be also posting this on my Instagram to show and see what the punishment may be. It may be one of us that might be showing that punishment, but uh, go ahead, Brandon. All right. With that being said... This has been another exciting, amazing episode of the House Call Podcast. Remember, you can't listen to it, watch the video. You don't want to see this devilishly good-looking face. You don't want to see me with purple lipstick. Go give us a listen on uh, Spotify. Week nine. We're, <laughs> we're, we're on all your social medias. Twitter, 
TikTok, Instagram, we're there. You name it, we're there. Remember, social, social media. Our Society6 store, link in the description. This has been the House Call Podcast. Wait, 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 wait. The inverse of this, Elliot, if they do win eight games or less, what are you doing? I'll are you wearing lipstick? Okay, there we go. Well, hey, it's, eight games, eight games exactly is a wash. Under eight games, I'll wear lipstick. Over, you wear lipstick. No. Oh, God, okay, whatever. <laughs> God right. damn it. Handshake through the Zoom call. <laughs> this is the House Call Podcast <laughs> signing out. Oh, oh, God. I don't see Brady and Gruden having a good relationship. Just, I feel like the two really wouldn't miss well. The thing, the thing is, though, all those...